0: Before anything else, I wanted to share with you guys that this is our 50th episode, and they say that most podcasters lose motivation after episode 10 or 20, especially if they don't get the results that they were expecting. But hey, we're on episode 50, and I'm honestly enjoying this more than ever. And I'm really glad that we get to do this, so thanks for being with us since day one. There's recently been a lot of buzz around this platform called OnlyFans, well, mostly because it involves a lot of R18 stuff. If you have no idea what OnlyFans is, it's basically a platform where creators sell original content, typically of the pornographic variety these creators are mostly influencers aka generally more attractive people with a big social audience and these creators use OnlyFans to sell revealing and risky content the site's tagline is make your influence pay because these influencers have been using OnlyFans as a way to monetize their influence these influencers slash creators upload photos and videos that are protected by a paywall and to gain access to these a user must pay a monthly subscription fee that ranges to anywhere between five dollars and fifty dollars and the price of these types of content depends of course on the um shall i say activity that the influencer is doing in the photo or video so you'll actually see a lot of them posting bathroom selfies that their parents would never approve of and even go as far as explicit self-entertainment and even baby development activities just a heads up OnlyFans is in the business of something that's sexual in nature, so if that makes you uncomfortable, you can just skip this episode. But trust me when I say that I actually spent a lot of time trying to make this episode as clean as possible, mostly by the use of creative alternate terms. And I actually think that I said more curse words in our previous Brand Disaster episodes than this one, so yeah, it's all up to you. Hey everyone, this is Chris Guerin, and if you're new here, welcome to Brand Origins where I talk about the stories behind the world's most valuable brands. Just wanted you to know that we have a YouTube channel where we upload the video versions of these episodes, so please subscribe. And we're also quite active on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so please follow us there as well. OnlyFans was launched in 2016 by 33-year-old Timothy Stokely. Due to OnlyFans' success, a UK news website described him as the king of homemade porn. And rightfully so, since OnlyFans isn't actually Stokely's first venture in the adult entertainment industry. Back in 2011, Stokely founded GlamWorship.com, a fetish website. He said that he was browsing Reddit and realized the appeal of a specific category and felt that it was underserved, and so he launched Glamworship.com. In 2013, he was off to his next venture when he launched customs for You, a website that allows users to request made-to-order content directly from adult film stars. And customs for You actually already has a lot of similarities to OnlyFans. Perhaps the weirdest thing about all of this is that he started customs for You with his father. And here I am just trying to imagine how that first conversation was like. Hey dad, remember that video you watched last night? Imagine if you could have that girl create custom content for you. And his dad was like, oh man, that would be so cool. I don't know, it's just weird thinking about that initial pitch. But I guess that's a thing with the Stokelys because OnlyFans is also a family business as well. Stokely is the CEO, his brother is the chief operating officer, and his dad was the director. Stokely came up with the idea of OnlyFans when he learned about the prevalence of adult entertainers selling under the table services. And they would be using Instagram to post photos and videos to promote themselves. Then Instagram has been cracking down on content that has nudity or are pornographic in nature. And so Stokely had a light bulb moment. Why not create a platform allows these entertainers to conveniently and securely monetize their content. OnlyFans would be like a social media platform with a feed, similar to that of Instagram and Twitter, except that fans are required to pay a monthly subscription to view the content of these entertainers. And if they are willing to pay more, they could unlock paywalls for even more valuable services. So in a way, OnlyFans basically solved an existing problem. The company used to be fully owned by the Stokely family until American investor Leonid Radvinsky acquired 75% of the company. Redvinsky owns one of the world's biggest webcam sites, MyFreeCams, and I can assure you that this is definitely the first time I've heard of this company. Anyway, so now we know how OnlyFans started, but how much money is the company actually making? Why does it grow so fast, and why is it so successful? Well, first, let's talk about how OnlyFans works. Basically, to get access to creators who are generally influencers or adult entertainers, fans have to pay a subscription fee. Subscription fees typically range from as low as $5 to as high as $50 per month. OnlyFans gets 20% and the creators take 80% of the cut. What makes the site even more appealing for fans are exclusive content. Since fans can interact directly with creators via direct message, these fans can make special requests. And creators ask these fans to pay for these requests through tips. But interestingly, most of these special requests aren't actually for explicit content. According to an article from Vice, one creator shares how a lot of her regulars are now asking for more time to be able to talk to her. And that's where the value of OnlyFans comes in. Men have access to adult films for free, yet they still go to OnlyFans because of the personalized intimacy. A creator shared how her regulars who pay for the top-tier packages she offers actually just want to spend more time with her. I guess there's appeal to actually getting to know someone they've just seen in a video or a magazine. And that creator from the Vice article said that most of them are functioning as some type of online naked therapist, which is actually kinda sad. She said that there are a lot of lonely men out there who are craving for this connection. And a lot of these men are struggling with their mental health, and so this serves as their way of somehow recovering. And I guess that's where the magic of OnlyFans' business model comes in. Because people would pay whatever it costs to get that emotional connection. Especially when your mental health is not necessarily in the best state. And that's why the platform has thrived. Once in a while, you'll see an article about a certain adult entertainer or influencer making serious money through OnlyFans. For instance, the top creator from the UK, Danny Hardwood. <laughs> Danny Hardwood. She shared how she made around 29000 in one month and 52,000 pounds in the next one. And most recently, Hollywood actress Bella Thorne made over a billion dollars after just a day with her OnlyFans account. So this has encouraged a lot of influencers and adult entertainers to monetize their fame, but it may not actually be as lucrative as you think. According to a study by Thomas Hollands from the XRUS.com, the top 10% of creators make 73% of all the money. Plus, you have to take into account the amount of time you have to put in to make your OnlyFans career work. You read this interesting article from Business Insider where they cover the day in the life of Ayla Day, a top creator on OnlyFans. Ayla has over 3,200 subscribers and she earns around $100,000 every month. She's among the top 0.4% of creators on the platform, so she's pretty much as good as you can get. Now, it's easy to be enticed by those numbers. A lot of attractive people would just throw out statements like, you know what, I'm bored, I should just create an OnlyFans, implying that it's easy to monetize their social following. But then you realize the amount of work these top creators like Ayla Day actually puts in. Because these creators, they actually have to work like they're a solo media company. Because she has to handle roles from creating content for social media, marketing, marketing, finances, video editing, copywriting, basically everything. So Ayla describes how her day goes. Her day starts around 10 in the morning. She checks her OnlyFans account to see how much she's earned as well as checking her social media accounts. All her posts are scheduled, so she uses a social media scheduling app and she prepares like 200 posts that will be posted over the next few months. She's also in this telegram group where she and like 83 other OnlyFans creators exchange tips and advice on what each one is doing differently that might help them do better. And then, she films a short video called the Naked Morning Coffee Chat, where she talks about her thoughts. This is her way of forming a better connection with her subscribers. Then after lunch, she shoots video content, which takes a lot of time because of all the preparation involved. Makeup, wardrobe changes, so yeah, this one takes a while. And then around 7 in the evening, she edits her videos. So that whole full-length adult film she filmed earlier, she edits these and optimizes them for the different social media platforms. Like, she'll make 30-second teasers for her OnlyFans account and have a longer version sent directly to her subscribers. She also has to take a couple of good photos and GIFs to be posted on Twitter and Reddit to function as ads that will hopefully turn into more OnlyFans subscribers. Before the day ends, she schedules tweets on Twitter and monitors her other social media accounts. Another top creator share that she has to respond to around 40 to 50 messages on the platform. And she really has to, or else she'll lose the chance to connect with her subscribers. So yeah, all in all, it's a full day of work, and creators basically handle all the moving pieces. If creators can put in the hours, it could actually allow them to leave their day job. And a lot of people didn't actually have that choice, especially because of the pandemic we're in. In 2020, due to the lockdowns, OnlyFans reported a 42% increase in new accounts, and there are now 660 30,000 creator accounts and 50 million users worldwide. OnlyFans reported that the company drew in revenues of more than $1.2 billion, paying around $950 million to creators. Regardless of whether you agree with the morality of what this company is doing, it won't change the fact that OnlyFans has disrupted an industry and has proven that it can thrive during a pandemic. But will it be as big when things get back to normal? We're gonna have to wait and see. And so that's about it. Now you know about the brand origin story of OnlyFans. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel where we upload the video versions of these episodes. This episode is made by Partizan. For brand partnerships, you can find our email in the description. Until the next episode, this is Chris Gurdin.